Coming up on today's show, we got some recruiting news to talk about. We also got some Caleb Williams interesting news to discuss as well as some men's and women's basketball notes coming up on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation? Welcome to the Lockdown Sooners Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Sooners and on Facebook, Lockdown Sooners Podcast. Also, you can subscribe to the show on YouTube. Make sure you check it out over there. It's so good to be back. I've been out with COVID for the last week. Uh, thank you to those of you who uh, shared your, your thoughts and your prayers with me via Twitter or here on YouTube. Uh, yeah, it was it was a wild week. I won't bore you with the details of it, but uh, after taking care of patients in COVID for the last couple of years, it finally hit me. So all good, healthy, getting back to normal. Uh, Energy is getting back to where it should be. So we're, we're good. Thanks to God, all is right with the world. Uh, but let's talk some Oklahoma Sooners recruiting. National Signing Day is next week. I can't believe how quickly that's come up upon us. It's like ju- we just ended the season last week and now we're back here. Now, obviously they didn't end the season last week. It was a couple months ago or a month ago with the Alamo Bowl. Uh, but the the football discussion points are going from, they're just nonstop at this point. So let's talk about it. Over the last few days, the Oklahoma Sooners have, have headed in the right direction with some some pretty big targets on the 2022 uh, recruiting class. Let's start with the one that uh, really kind of took hold over the weekend, and that's Grayson Holton uh, out of uh, San Diego. He is a four-star defensive lineman. Some places project him as an edge rusher, some places as an interior defensive line player. He runs, depending on which recruiting site you look at, anywhere from 250 pounds to 270 pounds, 6'2", 6'3". So he's, got a, he's a kid with a good frame good size on him if if he's the 270 type and has that edge experience he kind of reminds me similar to like an isaiah thomas a guy that you can play on your strong side of your defensive line someone that you can bump inside in pass rushing situations if you want to get a little bit of a boost on that front so this guy was committed to oregon obviously oregon experienced a coaching change similar to oklahoma Mario Cristobal left from Oregon, went to Miami. They hired Dan Lanning, a defensive coordinator. Like Oklahoma, hired Brent Venables, former defensive coordinator. And he decommitted from the Oregon Ducks on Wednesday uh, after spending time in Norman over the weekend with Brent Venables and the staff. And Crystal Ball projections have put Grayson Holton headed to the Oklahoma Sooners. So that's that's great stuff right there. What we're seeing in the Brent Venables era is prioritizing the defensive front through not just the the defensive tackles, but edge rushers, defensive interior defensive linemen, and the linebackers as well. I mean, we're seeing it with Jaron Kanak, Kobe McKenzie, Kip Lewis. We've got a really strong group of linebackers coming in in the 2022 class, but we're also starting to see the defensive front take hold as well because another guy who is uh, – trending toward the Oklahoma Sooners, probably the best way to put it, is Ahmad Moten, 
uh, who is out of Florida and is has not been committed yet, but is starting to receive some more crystal ball projections or on three projections with him heading to the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, this is a guy that is strictly an interior defensive lineman already at 290 pounds, pushing 300 pounds as a senior in high school, uh, which is just ridiculous. I, I don't know how you try to stop that if you're a high school kid playing interior offensive line because most most of those kids aren't going to be pushing 290. That's just freak body size. But I watched some of those guys, you know, huddle highlights, and he is strong at the point of attack. He moves the pocket. He moves the the interior offensive line, the center guard. They try to combo block him, and he just sheds that. He's able to penetrate, get to the backfield, disrupt the running game, disrupt the quarterback as well. Uh, this is a guy that I'm really intrigued by. He's only a three-star on most of the recruiting sites. You look at, I think it was Rivals maybe, has him as a four-star. But what's what's encouraging here is if you look at like 247 Sports, they see him as a fast riser. They see him as somebody who, regardless of the stars, he's going to exceed that rating uh, when he gets to college. And with Todd Bates and with Brent Venables, it's hard to imagine that he doesn't exceed that rating because these are two guys that have done a really, really good job over the course of their career at Clemson of developing interior defensive line talent and getting great production out of them and then getting them to the NFL. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins are just a couple guys to, to name on that front. But we saw it with Brent Venables during his time as the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma with a guy like Gerald McCoy. Uh, although Gerald McCoy was highly recruited, you could even look at a guy like Dusty Dvorak, uh, Dan Cody, you know, all these, these guys who were really good players, but they saw they can't, they, they reached another level at Oklahoma under Brent Venables. So some really encouraging recruiting stuff happening there. Uh, They are getting after the 2023 and 2024 recruiting classes too, but another kind of big time kind of commitment or recruitment battle that they are in right now is for Devon Campbell, the five-star offensive lineman out of Texas who Oklahoma is competing with the university of Texas for on that front. And Currently, it seems like Texas is kind of the favorite uh, to land Campbell. But, I mean, we've seen Oklahoma come back and, and make epic comebacks in the Red River Showdown. Just this last season, they were down as many as 21 points, down 18 points at the half, and were able to come back and win that game. They might be down in this one, but could they come back and win this recruiting battle for Devon Campbell? I think the opportunity presents himself presents itself for him to play earlier at Oklahoma uh, because they do have – a left guard that they'll be replacing. They have a right tackle that they'll be replacing. Now they've got guys in in-house currently that can't, that are going to likely step into those positions and compete. A guy like Savon Bird at right tackle or uh, McCade Mattower Meteor at uh, left guard, the Cal transfer. And so it's not necessarily like he could step in right away and play, but he could compete for the opportunity to play and win one of those positions. Uh, most He's the number one interior offensive lineman, but I've also seen him projected as an offensive tackle. So a lot of this is going to come down to uh, just fit. I mean, we know that Oklahoma has done a great job at putting offensive linemen into the NFL. You look at a guy like Trent Williams, who was drafted a decade ago. He's still the best, if, if not one of the best, uh, offensive linemen in the NFL. We're watching Creed Humphrey, just have a ton of success in his rookie season at a position that is very difficult for rookies to transition into because there's so much that centers are responsible for 
uh, in game preparation and on game day as in addition to just blocking and snapping the ball, there's so much mentally that they have to be accountable for that makes the offense go. And Creed Humphrey has stepped up and risen to the occasion for the Kansas city chiefs. So Oklahoma is getting some really, really nice advertising right now uh, in the NFL playoffs with Creed Humphrey and Orlando Brown for that matter on the AFC side. And then Trent Williams on the NFC side in the uh, conference championship games coming up this weekend, because those two Trent Williams and Creed Humphrey have been two of the best offensive linemen in the NFL all season long. Uh, Trent far and away having the highest grades, according to like pro football focus, Creed Humphrey with some of the highest grades as well uh, during the season. So that's going to be a really interesting uh, recruiting battle to look at. He's not planning on making his decision until uh, national signing day, uh, but the Sooners did finally get a commitment out of Gentry Williams. Now he was committed uh, in in the past but did not sign on national signing day or sorry on the during the early signing period which is understandable a lot of the, you know the the early signing period isn't the final signing period but with the turnover on the coaching staff it, you can kind of understand why he might want to wait it out and see uh, what was going to happen he never wavered from his commitment never decommitted but this past week uh Tuesday night maybe or Wednesday he uh, declared that he was all OU, ready to get to work with Coach Venables, Coach Roof, and Coach Valai as well. So a lot of great recruiting stuff coming down the pipe over the next week. We're going to talk about it next week. We'll have Parker Thune on to, to dissect what happened on National Signing Day, just kind of give us a review of that. That's OU Insider 247 Sports, Parker Thune, who we've had on the show before. So we'll, we'll dig deeper into that after National Signing Day and get a little bit of a review. A re- review as well coming up next we got to talk about the caleb williams in wisconsin stuff this is amazing to me and sorry usc fans i guess you're gonna have to put your uh, caleb williams celebratory champagne on ice for a little bit longer uh but we'll talk about that after i tell you about net suite this is it the putt to win the tournament if you seek it the championship is yours but on your backswing your hat falls over your eyes is this how you're running your business Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software to see the full picture. You need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. So head to netsuite.com locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com locked. All right. Caleb Williams has... You know, some people are saying he's enrolled at USC. There were, was a picture floating around Twitter that he'd moved out of his dorm in Norman. So I'm not sitting here expecting Caleb Williams to come back to OU to be the starting quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners. I feel like that ship has sailed. At the same time, this is still one of the most important stories in college football and how it ends up is going to potentially impact the college football landscape in 2022. Now, it looked as if Caleb Williams was headed to USC. It seemed like that was where the train was going. And then you had a guy like uh, Dean Blevins 
of Oklahoma City Media. Uh, I think he can't remember what channel he's on, but he reported that LSU was in the mix for uh, Caleb Williams. Now, good buddy of mine, Patrick Kahn uh, at LSU Tigers Wire, part of USA Today. He, I was talking with him via text chat, and they don't seem to think he doesn't seem to think that they are in on Caleb Williams or that they have a shot at landing Caleb Williams. So, let's just say for for argument's sake that LSU is not in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. But we're also hearing things like maybe Miami. Uh, if you listen, listen or uh, watch the Locked On Big 12 roundtable from the other day, Stephen Simcox mentioned Miami had been something that he'd heard. We'd already know that he'd met with UCLA during his visit to Los Angeles earlier this month. But now Jerry Hamilton of On3, recruiting On3 Sports, is mentioning Caleb Williams and Wisconsin uh, alongside one another and there's this great graphic uh, traveling around that links I, w- I wish I'd have downloaded it for you but links uh, Caleb Williams to the Oklahoma Sooners and or sorry to the Wisconsin Badgers and it seems like everybody or Caleb Williams is connected to pretty much everybody um, that is significant over at Wisconsin. All right, I found the image. I'm going to try and get it uploaded here pretty quick. Um, let's see. So here it is. Oh, nope, that's not it. It's right. Come in. I want to bump it on there for you. Here we go. All right, so ignore Barry Alvarez. That's just somebody who runs a, a faux Barry Alvarez account. Just being funny. But if you look here, you got Caleb Williams, Carl Williams, family friends with Russell Wilson, supposedly. I'm doing some air quotes over here. You can see air quotes. And then, all right, so Caleb Williams, high school teammate to Dean Ingram, whose father is Bobby Ingram and is also was the wide receiver coach at Pitt under Paul Chris and is now the offensive coordinator at Wisconsin. So... Those that's a lot of dots to connect right there uh, between Caleb Williams and Wisconsin. The most important one being like this relationship between Carl Williams and Bobby Ingram. You know, those guys are best friends. Dean Ingram, Caleb Williams are good buddies as well. It seems like, and that connection to Paul Christ Um, relationships matter. They matter. And we saw Caleb Williams and what he did on the recruiting trail as he was coming into Oklahoma, it was important for him to build relationships with the guys that he was going to be playing with that were already committed and to try bring more guys in. And he was using just kind of his, you know, his uh, ability to relate to people as kind of the recruiting tool. And so relational matters matter to him. And, you know, we know that a lot of people were frustrated by Lincoln Riley's decision to up and leave Oklahoma. I can't imagine that that the the parents and, and you saw some of the parents kind of lash out on Twitter about it, uh, whether it was Latrell McCutcheon's mom or uh, different people. You can go you can go find their Twitter accounts and look back at, at things that they that they said after Lincoln Riley left. So how happy was Carl Williams about Lincoln Riley's decision to to leave? If it was so straightforward for USC and Caleb Williams to connect or for Williams to go to USC, then why hasn't it happened yet? The bowl game's long gone. 
people have talked to me about NIL and maybe he's just trying to hold out for the best NIL deal. Maybe Wisconsin is a legit contender to get Caleb Williams. Yes, he may have enrolled somewhere at USC. I haven't done the research, but people tell me he's enrolled at USC. You can be enrolled somewhere without actually going there. I mean, you don't have to attend the classes. And if you're a guy like Caleb Williams, a good chance that professors will kind of look the other way if you're not attending classes, if you plan on ending up there. So could Wisconsin be a viable threat? I think so. I think it's a legit you know, potential opportunity, especially the longer this thing goes on. Why not Wisconsin? We saw Russell Wilson go from NC State and the ACC to Wisconsin to the NFL and have a ton of success. Could Caleb Williams kind of follow a similar track, go from a team like Oklahoma where he was pretty good, Russell Wilson was pretty good at NC State, to a team like Wisconsin that runs a pro-style offense. Yeah, they're more run-heavy, but that pro-style offense is going to give him an opportunity to kind of prepare for the NFL. Whereas, I mean, Lincoln Riley's offense, it seemed to do a pretty good job getting Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts to the NFL. How much of a transition have they had since getting to the NFL? Because the offenses are different. They're not running as much like pre-designed stuff. They're running more, you know, they're having to run more pro-style offenses, even though like Cliff Kingsbury runs a spread. It's different to, or runs a, a lot of 11 personnel. It's different than Lincoln Riley's. Uh, or, you know, Baker Mayfield, he's looking at Kevin Stefanski's offense that's very play-action heavy, uses the running game a lot. He's under center a lot more than he was at Oklahoma. And then Jalen Hurts, they're trying to tailor an offense to him. So does it make sense for a guy like Caleb Williams to go to a place like Wisconsin who is going to have a good offensive line because what do we know about Wisconsin? They create good offensive lines, going to have a really good running game because – they always have good running games. Now, you add a quarterback into the situation and it bolsters Wisconsin, Wisconsin's offense a little bit. He's not going to be asked to throw the ball 30, 35 times a game, but he's going to be capable of doing it. And they're going to have a running game and a defense that they can rely on a little bit. And it makes them Big Ten favorites. Like, as, as good as he could make USC, this is not to say he doesn't have flaws. You know, he does. We saw him this past season but he could make USC a potential Pac-12 contender. At the same time, I don't think that's a team that is ready to necessarily overthrow Oregon or Utah in the Pac-12. Maybe in 2023 they could, but they're definitely not competing on the national landscape with the top teams in like the Big Ten or uh, the SEC. But Caleb Williams goes to Wisconsin, who was playing pretty good football uh, for a lot of the year, but just was too up and down. He goes there where they're going to have a really, really good offensive line, really good running game and a typical big 10 defense that are usually pretty solid. And potentially he gets, you know, a big 10 into the big 10 championship game, potentially gets into the college football playoff. That's a place that gets him a little bit more like juice um, for the potentially going to the NFL. Yeah. Could he put up good numbers at USC? Yes. But is he going to be able to carry that USC team to a Pac-12 title and potentially a college football playoff berth? I don't think so. But winning the Big Ten would definitely get would would put him in a really good position to to get to the college football playoff, which again just raises his profile even more and potentially sets him on a trajectory to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. 
a lot to a lot to continue to flesh out on Caleb Williams. I know y'all don't want to hear about it anymore, but it's still fascinating to talk about. And there's plenty of people that still want to hear about it. They they still want to know what we think about what ha- what's happening with Caleb Williams. He's not coming back to Oklahoma. Know that much. Have been resigned to that fact for quite a while now. So you know, Caleb Williams. God bless. Godspeed. Wherever you want to go, go. Kind of hope it's Wisconsin, just because I think it'd be a lot of fun. But coming up next, let's talk about some hoops. Had some men's and women's basketball action that happened on Wednesday night, and Oklahoma is set for a huge, huge matchup with the number one team in the nation on Saturday. Uh, but first, let me talk to you about Bet Online. Hey, there may be less football being played, but Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. Hey, the NBA is going strong, the NHL as well. Major League Baseball is right around the corner, and you can get in on all the action at Bet Online from scored totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline is your number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. You put in $100, use our promo code Locked On, and BetOnline will give you $50 for free. They got basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds, some of the best Vegas casino games, and Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. So go to Bet Online where the game starts. Let's also talk about Get Upside. This is an incredible app, and everyone who buys gas needs to know about Get Upside. Our listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play Store right now. Use promo code SCORE for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first deposit or on your first fill up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon or other great brands. So just download the free GetUpside app, use promo code SCORE, to get 25 cents per gallon or more on cash back on your first tank. Hey, and thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your number one listen every single day. Thanks for hanging in with me while I've been gone, been sick, I've been missing talking Oklahoma athletics with you. And let's talk basketball because both the men and the women got big wins on Wednesday night. And let's talk about the women's side first because they had their first loss of the season against Kansas State after – one of their players set the record for most points in a game and was just absolutely incredible. Oklahoma really didn't really have an answer, but they bounced back in a huge way with a big blowout win in Bedlam over the Oklahoma State Cowgirls. They outscored them like 84 to 56. It was a huge win. Um, and it wasn't just Maddie Williams getting in on the action as well. Liz Scott uh, led the way with 22 points. Um, and it was a 84-58 win. Uh, But Maddie Williams had a good game as well. She played, she scored 12 points and uh, added seven rebounds. Uh, And then the, but it was was a good bounce back win. They needed that win. They played well. They, They were efficient offensively. They were good at the free throw line, rebounded well, used, moved the ball well. And, they're a team that's going to continue to be reckoned with 
every every good team in college basketball is going to have kind of a, a down day or a, a mismatch problem. And sometimes you just run into a team that just you don't match up well with. And that that happened uh, this past weekend against Kansas State. But they just absolutely ran uh, the Oklahoma State Cowgirls on Wednesday night. And you love to see it. Jenny Baranchik is just having a great first year for the Oklahoma Sooners um, in her transition over as the new head coach. And I think the sky's the limit as they continue to put up huge offensive numbers. That's going to be great recruiting tool for her as, as she continues to build that program. And then you look at the men's side, the men were coming on off of a four game losing streak heading into their matchup with the West Virginia Mountaineers. And they, answered in a really, really strong way with a uh, 72-62 win over West Virginia. And that's a huge win over Bob Huggins' crew on the road in a hostile environment for against a team that is traditionally a pretty good basketball team. Uh, they're Like a lot of teams in the Big 12, they're having a, a bit of a struggle to get going. But uh, you had you know Tanner Groves, he, he bounced back in a big way, led the Sooners with 21 points, shot 9 of 11 from the field. And you need him to be efficient especially in the paint and, and scoring a lot because the rest of your, your team isn't an efficient shooting team. Uh, Jacob Groves, Groves, Groves got his first start uh, replacing Elijah Harkless, who'd just been too up and down, um, having a difficult time getting his shot to fall and playing great defense as Elijah Harkless normally does, but just not being the consistent scorer that the Oklahoma Sooners need, need him to be. Um, but Jacob Groves got the first, got his first start, had 12 points, provided great defense, good rebounding. Uh, and then Emoji Gibson also had 12 points as well for the Sooners was two of five from three point range. Um, and five steals like the Oklahoma Sooners, like they, they're a solid team. Like they're getting contributions from guys like Jalen Hill and, and Bajan Cortez and, uh, uh, Marvin Johnson got his first extended run for the Sooners in this one as Elijah Harkless just wasn't. It didn't seem like he was really flowing well in this matchup. And uh, Porter Moser talked about it where he's just kind of trying to you know, give him some load management a little bit, try and rest him a little bit so he's not playing so many minutes because he's been a guy that they've relied upon a lot over the last couple of years. And, and he's going to be a guy that they continue to rely on because he's such an important defender for them. And sometimes you just need – to change things up a little bit. And so credit to Porter Mosier in, in changing that up for the Oklahoma Sooners because as good as he's played when you're not shooting consistently and you're not, you know, the, the field goal percentage is down and, and you're taking some poor shots, which he did in a couple of those games during the losing, losing streak, just kind of forcing some stuff. Sometimes you just need to recalibrate a little bit and sitting down on the bench for a game, you know, maybe that helps him recalibrate. But maybe they found something with the with both Groves brothers on the floor at the same time. It, it provides a different a different kind of energy for the Oklahoma Sooners coming up on Saturday. They got a huge matchup with the number one ranked Auburn Tigers. Uh, this is not a football battle that's going to be happening, but two traditional powerhouses in football going to be meeting in the SEC Big Twelve Challenge at 12 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. But Auburn they survived a scare from Missouri. Uh, on Tuesday night. And I think that's just what college basketball is a lot right now is like at any point in time, like any team can jump up and, and get you. We've seen that a lot in the big 12 this year where it's just the, the depth in this league is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, the Oklahoma Sooners are having a good season, but they're just three and five in big 12 play. Um, and, you know, teams like Kansas and Baylor are struggling 
to get going as well. And you know, you look at the Big 12 standings, and you know, Oklahoma was at kind of near the top of the standings when they first got going, but now they're three and five. You know, Kansas and Baylor, they're six and one, six and two. And then you got Texas Tech at five and three, Texas at five and three. And then like everybody else is sitting with three or more losses after that. Like you have eight teams in the conference with three or more conference losses. And Oklahoma is just, you know, three games out of second place. Just two games out of, you know, being tied for third. So, you know, like a lot can change in a week in the Big 12. Like you can go from sitting in really good spot at two and one you go on a four game losing streak and all of a sudden you're in the bottom half of the table. And, you know, again, they get on a little bit of a running conference play and they can get themselves back in good position heading into the big 12 tournament um, in, in February and, and March. And this is a team that's talented enough to do it. They they've been on really good runs at times this season. They just got to find a little bit more consistency when their shots are falling or they're playing really good defense like they did against West Virginia on, on Wednesday, you know, they, they still committed 17 turnovers. The difference was they shot 53% from the, or sorry, 51% from the field and, you know, about 33, 34% from three point range and were really good from the free throw line as well. Uh, But they also forced 15 turnovers on the West Virginia side as well. So if they're able to get that kind of a balance, if they can shoot 50%, shoot 33% from three, do really, really well from the free throw line and then force their opponent to commit as many turnovers as them, then they'll be in good shape. Uh, you know, last weekend against, uh, I think it was Baylor. You know, I can't remember, but there was a game in the la- during the four game losing streak where their, their opponent had just as many turnovers as they did. The difference was they just didn't shoot as well as their opponent did. So that's going to that's gonna be huge for them. They need to get some high-efficient shots, not settle for threes, not settle for jump shots, get to the ball, to the paint, get to the basket, and try to get to the free throw line because that seems to be where they thrive the most is attacking the rim and attacking the paint. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Again, thanks so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Thanks for hanging with me while I was out and for your well wishes uh, while I was going through COVID. Um, for those of you that's been through it, you know the you know the deal. Uh, for those of you who haven't, just stay safe. Um, wear your mask as much as possible. Wash your hands. Keep yourself protected and your families protected as well. Um, and until tomorrow, I'm John Williams. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. Subscribe to the show on YouTube as well, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams, and you can read my work over at the Sooners Wire at usatoday.com. Uh, covering the Oklahoma Sooners. But until tomorrow, again, I'm John Williams, a little bit out of practice with this outro. Boomer, Sooner.